You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. This podcast is designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. The information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. From 1 July 2022, the superannuation guarantee rate will increase to 10.5%, which will generally reduce the amount of spare concessional cap employees have available. As a result, it's important to review strategies relating to concessional contributions to ensure clients do not inadvertently exceed their concessional contribution cap. I'm Craig Day, head of the First Tech team, and here to discuss the increase in SG with me is Peter Wheatland, one of my senior technical services analysts, and Kim Guest, one of my senior managers. G'day, guys. Hi, Craig. Craig. How are we all? Not too bad. Yeah, pretty good. Excellent, excellent. All right, let's begin. So, Pete, we're going to start off with you. I mentioned in the intro that the SG rate is increasing from 10% to 10.5% from 1 July 2022, which is part of the schedule increase. So we've already got these locked in in legislation that we'll see each year until SG reaches 12% by 1 July 2025, so going up by 0.5% per year. Now, one of the first issues we need to think about here with this increase is how much SG employees need to pay for employees who are paid in July for work that was actually performed in June. So when we cross over this threshold, what does that mean for the rate of SG that they actually have to pay? So do you want to explain how this works? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Craig. Um, So the way that it works is the amount of SG payable on an employee's earnings is actually determined by the SG rate for the quarter in which the employee is paid, not the quarter that they actually perform the work. So what this means is that an employee, for example, if an employee worked in June 2022, but was not paid until July 2022, the employer would actually have to pay SG of 10.5% rather than 10% on the earnings. Okay, so if I my pay run for, let's say I was paid monthly, and my pay run finished and I was paid on the 30th of June, what you're saying there is the rate would be 10%. But if instead I was paid on the 1st of July for all the work I did in June, then the rate would be 10.5%. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. So I imagine some employers might get this confused uh, and pay 10% SG uh, when the work was actually performed before 1 July, but, you know, that they received the payment in July. Um, so what does that mean? Yeah, we might get some employers underpaying SG as a result, but um, we've already had an increase in SG from 9.5% to 10% at the end of last financial year. So hopefully, hopefully they're familiar with how it works. Yeah, they, they don't end up with an SG charge. All right, so moving on. Um, now, the impacts of the increase in SG to employees' remuneration. Kim, the increase in SG is obviously going to be good news for some employees who will now receive high SG contributions. But w- 
could that potentially impact their take-home pay is a question. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and the answer is it depends. So it depends on the type of remuneration package that they receive. Um, there's sort of two types. One is that you receive remuneration as salary plus SG or you may get a total amount where salary is inclusive of SG. Um, and so the impact on their take-home pay depends on which way you're remunerated. Okay. So if we start with the first one, what happens if it's, you know, your salary plus SG? Well, in this case, the increase in SG won't actually impact the amount of salary that they receive because that SG is kind of on top of the salary and so it can increase and it doesn't have any kind of reduction on on the amount of salary um, that they get. So overall, that employee would actually be in a better position because they're receiving more SG contributions without any reduction in salary. Okay. And then obviously, what about the other situation where remuneration is defined as salary and SG inclusive? Yeah. So in this case, um, say you were being paid $100,000, for example, and that consists of both salary and SG making up that $100,000. If the SG increases, then the salary has to reduce so that the total amount you're paid is still $100,000. So for people who are remunerated in that manner, they will actually get a bit of a reduction in their salary as a result of the increase in SG. Just in time to, you know, uh, compensate or not uh, in relation for the increase in cost of living. Wouldn't that be great if you could actually pay reduction on an increase? Um, okay, so in this case, we need to take into account any reduction, Sally, when we're doing cash flow planning, obviously, and in implementing strategies such as salary sacrifice. Would you yes. agree? Yes, that's okay. correct. All right. Okay, so let's talk about some of those concessional contribution strategies. Now, Peter, how will the increase in SG impact concessional contribution strategies such as a salary sacrifice or personal deductible contribution strategy? Yeah, so the increase in SG can impact concessional contribution strategies in a few different ways. Um, but the main impact is that it can lower the amount of spare concessional contribution cap that's actually available to be used, um, particularly because the concessional contribution cap is not increasing. Uh, next financial year, it remains at $27,500. Uh, for example, an employee receiving $150,000 a year remuneration would receive SG of 10%, which is 15 grand in 2021-22. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, they would have $12,500 of their annual cap remaining for the concessional contribution strategies. But next financial year, um, with SG increasing to 10.5%, um, means that they would receive $15,750 uh, in SG, which only leaves $11,750 of their annual cap remaining. Right. So that that's interesting. I mean, I remember when we saw the rate of SG go from 95 to 10%, um, which was the first increase in, in quite some time, that at the year, or the yeah, in the in the year that that occurred, we also saw the concessional contribution cap increase by two and a half thousand from twenty five to twenty seven and a half. Mm -hmm. So you know this is a different kind of thing when we go to ten and a half percent this year because that increase in the concessional cap actually compensated for the increase in SG, 
but we're not seeing that increase in the cap this year because it's going to stay at 27.5 for next year, which means as our SG goes up, it chews up more of that uh, that cap space that we've got left to implement salary sacrifice strategies. So I suppose this means that employers are contributing to up, up to the annual cap will need absolutely to review their strategies for next year. Yeah, it'll be important to review um, any existing salary sacrifice arrangements or planned personal deductible contributions to avoid exceeding any concessional contribution caps. Now here, I guess we also need to consider whether the client is able to use any unused concessional contribution amounts from previous years when determining how much they can contribute because we don't necessarily, although the concessional cap is $27,500, we may actually have some carry forward, unused carry forward concessional contribution cap amounts available to us, which would mean effectively our cap is actually different. So Kim, can you remind us how these carry forward rules work? Sure. Well, um, under the carry forward rules, any unused amounts of concessional contributions cap um, that people have available um, starting from 2018-19 can actually be carry forward up to five financial years so that you can increase the amount of cap available um, uh, as long as, and this is the big thing, that your total super balance is below 500000 at the previous 30 June. So that's a really good opportunity if you're able to carry forward your concessional contributions and you might be able to make much more than 27500 in a particular financial year. Right. So what, what this, I suppose, means for, for these people in these situations, so if, if we've got SG going up and we've got a salary sacrifice arrangement going in, you might think we need to review it, but maybe you won't because you're actually able to carry forward unused cap amounts from prior years. Yeah, that's right. And um, so it's really important to jump onto MyGov and see whether the client has any unused concessional cap amounts available to them and, of course, whether their total super balance is under 500000 at the previous 30 June because that might be a really important um, strategy to be able to use those carry forward amounts. Oh, good point. So if we now move on to transition to retirement strategies. So Pete, TTR strategies generally involve salary sacrificing or making personal deductible contributions up to the annual cap and then drawing TTR pension payments back out to replace that lost income. So, you know, your standard kind of TTR salary salary sacrifice strategy. So obviously, if we're going to see an increase in the rate of SG, how does that impact on those strategies? Yeah, so if we assume that they're contributing up to the annual concessional cap of 27500 and they're not able to use the carry forward concessional contributions, then the increase in SG uh, will mean that they have less concessional contribution cap available. And so therefore, they'll need to reduce their salary sacrifice contributions. Mm-hmm. When looking at the impact of the TTR strategy, the impact will be different depending on the type of remuneration package they receive. So mm-hmm. if they receive X amount of salary plus SG, the reduction in salary sacrifice will actually increase their salary, which means they can reduce the pension payments from the TTR pension and have the same net cash flow. Okay. So, that's interesting. so if these clients may need to reduce their salary sacrifice and their TTR pension payments. Yeah, that's that's right. But the whole their whole cash flow situation will need to be taken into account, um, including the impact next financial year of the low and middle income tax offset 
no longer being available. Mm -hmm. So this might actually increase their tax liability and that would need to be taken into account when adjusting their TTR pension payments. Right. So if you've got clients doing this, they really need to sit down and, and figure out, or well, the advisor needs to sit down and figure out, you know, what's happening with their cash flow, what's the impact of, you know, their, their salary sacrifice and TTR, as well as taking into account the loss of the Lamito for next year um, and factor that all in. Okay. So what about those clients who are on a remuneration package, which is inclusive of SG? So how does it impact? So how does the increase in SG impact them? For these clients, um, the increase in SG will actually reduce their salary and they'll also need to reduce the amount of salary sacrifice to ensure they don't exceed the concessional cap. Mm -hmm. So the impact on their net income may kind of net each other off to some extent. Yep. Yep. Um, whether they need to change the level of TTR payments will also depend on their total cash flow situation, including the removal of Lamito next financial year. Interesting. So I guess when we're thinking about concessional contribution strategies, um, another impact will be those who are saving for a deposit for their first home through the First Home Super Saver Scheme. So Kim, how's the increase in the rate of SG going to impact um, first home super savers that are saving for their for their first home. How is that going to work? Yeah, well, um, under the first home super saver scheme, um, you know, people can make eligible contributions of up to $15,000 per year or um, we've just seen a bit of an increase from the 1st of July 22 where they can contribute up to $50,000 in total and then have that amount released to help them pay for, you know, a deposit on their first home. And when you look at what makes up that $15,000 per year or $50,000 in total of eligible contributions, it actually doesn't include SG. So you can't use SG to pay for your home deposit, but it does include other types of concessional contributions such as salary sacrifice and personal deductible contributions. So if we're looking at somebody who is, you know, really trying to save up for their deposit and they're contributing salary sacrifice or personal deductible up to that annual cap, um, the increase in SG means there's less annual cap available and so the amount that they can contribute to save towards their home deposit might be reduced as a result of this increase in SG. Mm, un unintended outcome. So I suppose if they don't have any unused concessional contribution amount they can carry forward, they may need to adjust those concessional contributions and reduce the amount they're saving towards the deposit. I mean, that's essentially what you're saying, yeah? Yeah, that's right. And But of course, if they can use carry forward concessional, that might be a good opportunity to still be able to, to maintain those levels of contribution. So it will depend on whether they've got any available. Yeah. And you would imagine a lot of first-time buyers um, probably are not the, the type of people that are, have enough income to salary sacrifice fully up to the concessional cap. So they may well have some, some unused caps that they can actually carry forward. And they probably have a total super balance below 500000 yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, you may so. find that they can use those, yeah. Yeah, so something to watch out for and be aware of, but um, hopefully it doesn't have too much of an impact. Okay, so I think that covers anything. I guess the main point from that discussion is that clients may need to review their concessional contribution strategies as a result of the increase in ESG on the 1st of July this year. So we might leave it there. Thanks, Peter and Kim. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, everyone.
Thanks for listening to the First Tech Podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during this podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, no person, including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited, accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.